0: Next up, adult anxious attachment. This is something I recently started learning about, about uh, what it actually is. And it's so much more than just like people-pleasing tendencies. Something I've struggled with is the people-pleasing thing or trying to appear as something in someone else's eyes to be part of the tribe or to be accepted all of this, but it's like, it's such a uh, devaluation of the self and not authentic. And what we want is authenticity. Uh, I've lived most of my life, unfortunately, not pursuing that which I found valuable. Whoops, I found valuable, val- valuable, valuable, and what I wanted to do, but instead would just kind of like fit into these molds of society. And it's not good whatsoever, whether it's like friends, family, and just like general society, it's important that you consider who you're spending the most time with. It's so important. Like, you know, you are, whether or not, no matter how much you say that it's not going to affect you, it affects you. And the people you hang out with is so key in determining what your life is going to look like. How you're going to act. Things you're going to accomplish. Things you're going to do or not do. I mean, fight me on this, but it's true. I, I just don't, I there's, there's really, I mean, I'm open to counterpoints, obviously, for sure. Bring your counterpoints, but this is something that's been, uh, it's pretty nailed down, right? Now, okay. Let's go with this. Let's dive into it. So, while I've struggled with people-pleasing things um, off and on, where it really comes to play, of course, it's relationships, and especially intimate relationships. This is where, I don't know if you can relate, but it's almost like you have are willing to just like, give up yourself and i i uh there's a i have a guest To him and i we talked about this at length and i feel like you know if you're getting anything out of this right now then uh, you'll definitely get something out of the the discussion with him because we just we break it down and evidently it's because of some need that wasn't necessarily met in childhood. And I'm not going to go into the whole childhood trauma thing. We don't need to go there. But it's likely that there was something in childhood where a need wasn't met in you or or love was kind of a conditional thing, right? If I behave like this, then I'll be accepted and loved and get that conf- that confirmation that I am valued. But if I show any anger, if I show any sadness, if I show any... Well, especially anger. If I show any of these emotions that are "quote unquote" negative, then that's when sorry, you're not good. You're not good enough. You're not. That's not acceptable. So you learn at an early age, like well, okay, so if I want to be accepted and receive love, then I need to never show anger. Um, try to avoid showing any sadness or being just my own self. Or look, we have. The whole spectrum of emotion and we get angry we get aggressive it's part of our fucking nature right to not just like bend over and let motherfuckers take advantage of us or even if it's a little bit irrational so what we're humans that shit happens now as a kid what you expect mom mama and papa to do is to accept you no matter what right even if, if you're a baby or whatever just because the baby gets fussy or whatever, yeah, you're going to probably feel a little bit of an annoyance as a, as a parent, maybe, but it doesn't subtract any love and you let the baby cry, you're not going to say, nope, never cry, never show anger, never show any true side of yourself except for happiness, joy, obedience. So you learn some nasty shit. Now, later on in life, learn otherwise or learn how to self-validate and to express these things. Oh you're in for a world of fucking pain. I'm sorry to say, but that's not all hopeless. It's just it's going to take a lot of work to uh get over and I I realized like with some relationships I've had, I realized, "Oh shit, I just give up myself, my very authentic self and I start doing things like agreeing with which is horrible. It's not even attractive. That's why shit has not worked out i'm just like agreeing a lot with things and not stating what i actually want and letting these this other person kind of have this like giving up power and control and trying to be just pleasant because i don't want to be fucking abandoned so we're just like agreeable it's so fucking. you can after the relationship is over you just feel like horrible not because of like I mean, maybe because of whatever they did to you or you did to them, or just because of the situation sucked, but because you gave up yourself, your authentic fucking self, just so you could be in this relationship. It's such a fucking downer. And one book that really has been key in this is this book called, actually a couple books, Anxious to Please, Seven Revolutionary Practices for the Chronically Nice. And let me explain something to you, my friends. The whole concept of being nice. I I want to get rid of all the semantic arguments we have going around here with this. Being nice or kind, I like to use the word kind, is good. Unless someone does something shitty to you, then why be kind to them? Tell them to shut the fuck up or do whatever you have to do or just leave the situation. You don't have to be fucking nice. Oh, you're poking uh, needles in my arm. Uh, you know, I don't like to confront or get angry about things, but it'd be nice if you could stop. But okay, really, no, actually, no, it's okay. Go ahead. Just keep poking needles in my arm. And we'll somehow make this work out. On an emotional level, I would say it's actually a lot worse than just that unfortunately so being kind is one thing in general but this need to be chronically nice is fucked up and it's based on a system that you developed early on in life because it made sense this is the only way you could survive if you're a kid especially very young you do whatever you have to do to fucking survive, because if you're kicked out um, of whatever, like a uh, nuclear family, you're in, chances of survival are not great. Uh, so you do whatever you have to do. But this whole nice thing, when I'm talking about it, is like you're just nice to the point where you put up with so much shit, and you tend to just blame yourself when everything goes wrong. Anything goes wrong, and in any relationship, you tend to give up. Just try to agree with the tribe and try to be agreeable and never show anger. But guess what? That shit fucking goes somewhere. That anger, it is somewhere. So if you hold that shit in, you'll likely experience a lot of body aches and pains. And you'll likely feel fucked up and anxious basically all the time. Which is why I think, I truly think that OCD and adult anxious attachment can intertwine a lot and have. And I think there's something to it, but I don't know. I wish someone would do a study on it. I would love to see someone like Huberman try to see if there's any correlation there, but I feel like there is some correlate. I feel like there is. It's my opinion, but the whole nice thing, it's just, um, it's a coping mechanism that doesn't work and it doesn't make you any more desirable. It doesn't make you any more like or magnetic. It doesn't save any relationships. In fact, it makes relationships fucking fail. So let me read to you a couple things. And oh, by the way, this book is also very great. Not nice. Fucking amazing. It's very similar to No More Mr. Nice Guy by Donald Glover, which is written more for disguise, but I feel like this is more just for anyone because this afflicts both men and women. But for whatever reason, it actually Excuse me. Actually, I don't know how much this afflicts women compared to men. I don't have the stats, so I'm not going to talk about it. But let me read to you a few things from both books. And then with this, you can determine. If you struggle with this particular thing, which quite honestly, at this point in time, I feel like this. Adult anxious attachment is fucking worse than OCD. It's one of the most goddamn destructive things ever for anyone. I, I think it's it's. I mean, of course, there's destruction everywhere, chaos everywhere. And we all experience different things, but this is such. It's just not good. And the thing is, it's a hidden thing. People think, "Oh, nice guy. It's great. Love him." And plus. You know, whatever I assign to him at work, or he's going to definitely do it. I think it happens at work a lot where you're like, so anxious to please everyone and like do all the work and please your boss and never fight him and never go against whatever he or she is saying. That's the thing, too. Society kind of likes having nice people. Maybe not even on a conscious level for some people, but it's like, oh, good. They're not going to fight me on this. They're not going to get angry with me. even when I treat them like shit. And I can just give them all kinds of stuff to do. Give them the shit work, you know. They're not going to speak up. They never really speak their true mind, you know. Uh, God, this is so good, even just the beginning. I'm just going to read the first part here. See what you think, okay? Reading time. Feel free to settle in in your bubble bath with candles. Or maybe right by the fire. Perfect. Introduction. An epidemic of nice people. If it were a disease, it would headline newspapers and magazines. There would be support groups across the country. Telethons would raise money for research and treatment, an 800 number running at the bottom of the screen. Public service announcements would detail the list of symptoms so that people could recognize the condition and seek help as soon as possible. Constant anxiety. Crippled self-esteem. Depression. Disruption of family relationships. Utility in the workplace. Obsessive thoughts. Check. Uh, constant need for reassurance. Also check. Undermined romantic intimacy. Whew. God, this is just, uh, it's a check mark for her. Every single box is a check mark for me. I don't know if it hit you the same, but, uh, it's all right. I'm holding it. I can see where I've been, how I've done things. That's good. Awareness is good. It's the first step. And now I can make changes as much as I can. I might need to get like uh, outside counsel for this. Sorry, it's raining outside, which is rare here. But anyway, on with this. It is the silent affliction of our day. As many as 30 million people in the U.S. alone suffer from the particular form of anxiety that underlies this condition. Even though the condition is both preventable and treatable, it is an epidemic of nice people. The nice list. So you can determine if perhaps you suffer from this particular affliction. You may be a nice person if you are always longing for something or someone. Check for me. Let me start over because this is about you so you can determine, okay, you may be a nice person if you are always longing for something or someone, feel worried or fretful so often it seems normal, if you often don't know what you want, if you're always thinking about what you wish you had said, if you constantly second guess yourself, if you apologize frequently, especially for things you are not responsible for. If you take what you're given instead of asking for what you want. If you're often preoccupied with what other people think of you. I read you that again. If you are often preoccupied. <laughs> if you are often preoccupied with what other people think of you. If you are frequently surprised that other people don't reciprocate your goodwill. If you do favors for people with the secret hope, they will reciprocate. If you are more prone to feel sorry for yourself than to take action and fix a problem. If you tend to give more than you get, you might be resentful about this. It seems like other people get the attention or the acknowledgement. If it seems like other people get the dates, maybe your friends tell you you're a great catch. If your emotional state mirrors your partners, i.e., if your partner isn't happy, you aren't happy. Brutal, right? I want to address something here. One big thing that I've noticed is because recently in the past few years, I've been going on this journey of like, what do I actually want out of life? I've been in various corporate jobs, just jobs and doing these things that were give or take acceptable by society's standards. But I was like, I got to the point where I'm like, wait, I don't have to live my life in any way, but how I want to, I know a little late in uh, kind of discovering that, but I was like, what do I actually want in life? Want out of life? What kind of people do I want in my life? What do I want to do for a living? How do I want? How do I want to show up in, in the world? And honestly, it was like this fucking gray haze. It wasn't clear, and I know this is, in general, this going to be a thing, but it was a little bit disturbing because I was so disconnected from my actual self, from what I actually wanted and needed in life, because I had been allowing myself to live my life based on the opinions of everyone else. I would put the opinions of other people above my own, which I now say is an act of self-aggression and I'm done acting in a self-aggressive way like that or giving my fucking power as much as I can I'm not perfect in it but I'm giving it my best all right and that's something you're gonna have to do because it's not fucking easy breaking these like things that you've literally just developed as as ways to cope and work with life right I think there's some more here. Oh, okay. Yeah, this I want to definitely touch on here. Okay. Nice people traits. We'll see once again if this resonates with you as it did for me. Anxious to please, especially the central people in their life. Parent, spouse, girlfriend, boyfriend. Show anxiety in relationships by clinging, ingratiating, and over-adapting. Overly concerned with what others think of them, they are continually surprised when they are rejected. Don't have good judgment about when to disclose thoughts or emotions and to whom. They minimize the faults, flaws, and dangers of people they are attracted to or involved with will often minimize their unhappiness and tell others that they are much happier than they really are. Are out of touch with the full range of their anger and aggression. Emotional baseline of nice people. Believe that their safety and happiness depend on their ability to please the significant woman or man in their life. Crave recognition and affirmation of their goodness. Are often troubled by romantic longings and obsessions. Use relationships to mask their inability to love themselves. Idealize others. Find their own happiness to be elusive and fleeting. Believe that they will never get what they really want. Often feel that they have no control over their sexual fulfillment. And last, perhaps the most sad about it, or sad uh, emotional baseline, that is. Feel contempt for their own nice person traits and hate their need for love, affection, reassurance, and sex. I recommend reading this book. And the book, Not Nice. There's so much to go over to unpack there. But I can honestly say that every of, every one of those traits, every one of those descriptors of what it means to be chronically nice and even all the emotional baselines I've experienced to a crazy degree, to a degree that's, uh, could be embarrassing, but Learning, and they talk about this to have this kind of warrior practice of just accepting what has happened. It's kind of a Buddhist mindful philosophy, too, or weight of thinking, and to see it concisely, hold it, but don't judge yourself. No longer be aggressive towards yourself. Instead, learn how to be actually aggressive where needed in life to show. True anger, where it's valid and warranted. Now, a lot of people talk about like, oh, but you shouldn't You know, be always angry and all this. And probably for the everyday person, if you struggle, have an anger issue, that's one thing. But this is like the very flip side of that, where we're not even aware that we have any anger or aggression. It's, so, it's buried so fucking deep that it shows up in other ways in our life. And it just fucks up so much. And the whole ingratiating thing too, That's what I was talking about, where you're just over-adapting. You lose, you like to throw bananas at small kids on Sundays. Me too, for sure. You give up your fucking value system. So I highly recommend, one thing I recommend, is developing a value system, what you will or will not put up with. And you're going to have to go through some pain. Look, there's no way around it. This is going to be a central theme in everything I talk about with potential solutions, you have to be willing to put in work and to experience, hey, it's not fun, but it depends. Let me ask you this. Would you rather live a life that is not even your own in accordance with you know the opinions and value systems of others and a society that actually, if you look at it, probably doesn't have your best interests in mind, and is not going to produce the best results? Or would you rather put in the work to have your own value system, your own authentic self, to show up in the fucking world as you are? What's it going to be? You're going to have to make a commitment to it. And I know there are a shit ton of things to do in life. And maybe you're single right now like I am, because you fucked up relationships, or they fucked it up things too, or it's just things didn't work out. And now you're like scrambling, oh shit, how do I, I have so many things to do and my finances are fucked too. And and I'm trying to do like a million things and I need to find a mate and I get it. It can get overwhelming, but I'm telling you this as much as I'm telling myself, we have to consider what is most important. And I think this kind of thing, like the self-work about changing Things that have actually been fucking up our lives, probably more important than just about anything, right? So put in the time, put in the work, even if it hurts. And yeah, it's going to feel like you're just bleeding out sometimes. Then you're probably doing something right. And you'll probably go through, maybe you'll decide that like, oh, I need to end this relationship. It's he or she is actually horrible or my family is fucked up. I need to escape them or my friends, you like my friends are fucked up and not good for me. You're going to have to go through maybe a lonely period. That's OK, too. It's all OK. You'll get out of it. And yeah, you'll like me, if you're anything like me, you'll be like, oh, but I just read this study that said loneliness is like one of the most like fucking horrendous things you can do for your health. But I'd probably, you know, take a little bit of a hit there. Then stay in very toxic or just unhealthy relationships. I feel like that's even probably a lot worse, I'm guessing. But it doesn't have to last forever. In fact, it shouldn't. You're going to have to force yourself to get out there and maybe get a new you know, set of friends or a different kind of like, like a new family unit, essentially. I know, it sucks, right? But it's how it is, Son.